Welcome to BB&B Podcast. That is Batman Beer and Bart. This week, all three of us are actually together. That's right. Me, Nick Van Horn, and James is with us for the first time, and Mark is back to talk about a pumpkin brew that was really, really good. We talk a little bit about uh, ministry, some of the things that we struggle with, and uh, of course we get on our soapbox a little bit, but we also talk about things like He-Man and a couple trailers, such as the new Logan trailer that came out, and Rogue One, and Mark's passion, Who the Heck is Snoke? And hopefully we find out this week. Um, thanks for listening. Grayskull, and you think it's like this evil, creepy thing, but really, it's um, that's He Man's home. Actually, it's not really his home, it's where it's he goes just, and sees his. Would you consider the sorceress like his mistress? <laughs> he like goes into like the cabin in the woods, yeah, right? She gets his magical powers and yeah. become a man. It's like <laughs> it's like in Zelda 2 The Adventure of Link when he goes into the house, <laughs> I can restore your health, <laughs> and then he comes out again. He's the, yeah. Prince Adam has become a man. Right. He went out with the, the sorceress. Oh my god, that's horrible. All right, so we're back, and we actually have all three of us here. And uh, it was our song, bitch. Cool. What's that? Where's our song? Oh no, no, I I put that in later on. Our actual theme song. Yeah. The dirty actually, hands riding a pony. Yeah, yeah, I'll put that in a little. That's a little. Oh, so like, it's like a cold opening. It's a okay. cold opening. So yeah, it's like something in Philadelphia. Yeah. So like, I'll fade in. Speaking of, we could just steal that. You know, that's all stock. Public domain music, you know, yeah, with um, you know, Frank Reynolds. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta have the quotation. Danny DeVito as Frank Reynolds always has the quotation marks around his name. Let me do that. Okay, that sounds yeah. Oh, Mark, you sound beautiful. Hey, always. All right, so um, it's a beautiful microphone. So we did last week. I was with Garrison. I don't know if you listened to it. I know you did I have a not. little bit. I have um, listened to the whole thing. Yes, you did. And Sarah actually said you complimented it. I'm like, well, that's what happens when I drink. I can say some things. <laughs> you had some insightful nuggets. Listen, that that comment you made. Uh huh. Two, well, a couple of them. One of which I don't remember. The other one I do remember. <laughs> he must have been drinking. One of them was really good, though. <laughs> it'll come to me. It'll it'll it will it will come to me. When you said theology is not something you learn, it's something you live. Yeah. Psh, yeah it's mind. not, it's not you know, you know, a, yeah. objective. I actually yeah. learned that from Father Roman. Father Roman, right. Orthodox the priest. Yeah. They actually know a little bit about uh, theology, don't they? Yeah. Do you, we can start, we can go ahead and start drinking if we I, want. We just won't talk about it until later. Yeah. That gives us a chance to gather our yeah. thoughts. Yes. You know, exactly. Exactly. Let me, allow me. What are we? What are we drinking here? Well, we'll talk about that. We'll, oh. we'll talk about it like mid. This I didn't repeat. Okay. This dispenser. <laughs> we'll go, last time we did it, taste it and guess. No, no. See, last time what we did is we waited like the yeah, good, a yeah. good half hour, so, and I don't want to wait a half hour. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Dude. I mean, I know what it is. You can guess because that would be a fun twist. Is the mystery beer guess the style based on yeah, what yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. We'll talk about that, but right now we want to talk a little bit about. We're going to talk about. Uh, um, some pop culture things going on in the world and everything like that. But first, Mark, do you want to start with your Snoke theories? Yes, I have two this week. Oh, okay. Let's we'll start with it. we'll start with the Snoke theories. This week's Snoke theories by 
the Reverend Pontiff Professor Mark Archer Graves. He says he's got some good ones. I do. I have to crack it out because he's like, you guys are such dorks. Okay. All right. So, so, so okay. So last week our theory was actually it wasn't mine. No, it was yeah. okay. Garrison's theory was that it was Boston Ass from episode one. You're like. Either you're amazed or you're like, who the hell is that? Wait, oh, say it again? Boss Nass. He was the big fat guy that lived underwater in episode one. Oh, uh, the... Gungan. Yes, yes. The Gungan. Oh my gosh. Okay, it's coming back. Are you serious? Yes, that was his guess. That's a great theory. No, Yeah, good face. No. This is not a visual medium, unfortunately. Read into that. He was not, he was, of course, joking, but he kept a straight face the entire time. Like, this is my honest to God theory. And for me, I could, I had to laugh at it. It was, it was hilarious. So, I, I claim that my theories are more serious than his. Okay. Because if you go on to the, you know, what let's call it the dark net of fandom. Okay. Which is comments on the YouTube videos of the, you know, oh, Star Wars universe people. I can't the do comment, it. No, it's terrible. It's and you see the most asinine theories. That's scraping the bottom. It of the is internet. scraping. It is scraping the bottom of the internet. Where, where I have read such things as people claim, in all serious, they, these people are dead, one hundred percent serious. I have read that mm. Princess Leia. I'm sorry, General Leia uh-huh. is Snoke. Okay. I don't know how, but that's what they claim. Because they both talk from the side of their mouth. Up the, uh, yeah, apparently. Like Popeye. Yeah. Uh, that Snoke and Ray are actually <laughs> the same person. Like a schizophrenic Jedi? Yeah. Okay. Th- these are these are theories that people have. So I, I add mine to the mix. It'd be kind of Fight Club. That it was... Don't talk. The first rule of Snoke is, you know. <laughs> the first rule of the dark side. <laughs> so theory number one. Now let's look. Let's think about episode seven. I'm going to set this up a bit. Now keep in mind, you don't want to do too many theories. We still have a whole year to fill I up. I know. With. Well, okay. I've got two. Okay. This is mm-hmm. there okay. will be, yeah. Okay. One or two. One or two. Feeling like there's think two about episode ones. seven. Think about all of the great people from the original Star Wars who are back in episode seven. Now think it for a second. Who is not Lando? Lando, Lando Calrissian <laughs> is Snoke. That is, oh, I like it. Lando Calrissian is Snoke. Why? Well, he's pissed off. He didn't get an invitation back to the party. Mm. <laughs> you know, I think it's party with the Ewoks. F U J J. I think Lando is he's probably running a casino somewhere. Yeah, as in the Snoke. Outer rim. <laughs> I don't think he cares about politics. He's got his listen. You know, Nimnum is there, and Lando's <laughs> not. Yeah, they even brought Nimnum back. And Lando is not. So yeah, you know, so that's theory number one. It's actually Lando. You know, that's, getting his like, revenge on being elbowed you know out of the story. If they don't bring Lando back, I kind of want it to be because I'm kind of aggravated that he's the yeah. only main character they haven't mentioned at all. Mm. Like, not even. Oh yeah, he died. Like, it's a race thing. It's, it's racist. It's, it's racist. racist. It's racist. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, they brought. Finn I mean, in. even even if they make a comment to say, "Oh, you know, let us let us pour one out for Lando because he died in that battle." Exactly. That would be okay because yeah. they're at least acknowledging his existence. Sure. I mean, he blew up the Death Star. Yeah. Give him the prop. Theory number. Theory number. And, and he theory number two. And what's that? And he wore a cape. He wore a cape. Yeah. All he needed was a cane. You know? God made him so, so perfectly, like, aerodynamic, if you will, <laughs> that he could put a cape on and not clasp it on anything and not worry about it falling it's just, off. Yeah, it's just, there it was. God spent a little more time on, on him. Lando. That's what that song's about. Lando's Lando. system. He was a system. You know, Leia was right. right. He was a system. system. Okay. Okay. Theory number two. Number two. All right, this is going to, you know, separate the men from the boys. If you get this <laughs> reference, Snoke is actually... Professor Farnsworth. What? 
Futurama. <laughs> oh, don't tell me that when I'm drinking. <laughs> you remember Professor Farnsworth? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Future- he actually looks, there's the resemblance. is like, look, I have a picture. So are there people online taking the glasses? The, yes, yeah, the this guy. Oh, yeah. He's Snoke. Oh. And you know why he is Snoke? I have a reason to back this one up, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, please. He's so angry that no one ever watched Futurama. <laughs> And the show got canceled five times. He decided to join the dark side and take over the galaxy. Oh, gosh, yes. That was, you know, I was sitting here all day going, I really want to know what Mark has to say. Professor Farnsworth. I waited all day from Lando and Professor Farnsworth. Well, Listen, this is just that's it. it. We've go. got, we've got two months. We We're still done. have two months. Two months? we got two months and a year, son. Close and a year. That's Rogue One. That's Rogue One. So oh we've got plenty God. of time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so a couple things, pop culture-wise, they... I don't know if James you saw, but they did come out with the new Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. I don't know if you guys saw that. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. like a tease. I you did, did see I it. Saw a teaser, yeah. Okay, so you had a little bit but of freedom this week. I did not yeah. see the Wolverine. Uh, that one just came out today. Okay. So what about Monster sorry, Squad Two? We're still waiting. We're still okay. holding on to hope. Okay. That'll come on the other side of the electric boogaloo. <laughs> electric yeah. boogaloo. Guardians Two looks good. I mean, it was a tease. It was just like here's everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, Groot's still small, Mini, which yeah. is kind of cool. You know, baby, baby Groot. Yeah, yeah, he's still kind of baby Groot. Um, he's dressed up like a little Star Lord. You just noticed he was actually wearing clothes like yeah. him at the end. Yeah, it was cool. Oh. It was just it, there was no real dialogue. It was just like, hey, they're back. It was mm-hmm. good. I mean, mm-hmm. the movie comes out in six, seven months, so they needed to have something. Um, the the two big ones are the one that came out today was Logan, which is Wolverine mm-hmm. three, which is it's subtitled. I'm sorry for the first Wolverine movie and the second kind of um, this movie. It looks really dark. Mark, you saw the trailer. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, I think it has potential to be probably the best X-Men movie. Um, it's sad because it looks sad, but it also is like the last Hugh Jackman movie, and he's been Wolverine for 16 Ever. years. Yeah, I mean, I was a teen when he started. Yeah, I was 19, but I was a teen. Yeah, still a um, teen. Yeah, so I mean, so it's it's kind of sad with that. My hope is that they kind of reboot the thing in five or six years. But why would they need it. to? Why can't... See, this is, this is, my, this is my critique. And as a as a Star Wars, I, I mean, I was I, Star Wars. I was taken as an infant in nineteen when the year seventy seven. Yes, yeah. I'll say it. My parents <laughs> 19, took whatever. me as a newborn to see that movie, okay. so it literally spans my so entire you were life. Baptized. Wow. Uh, yes. yes, but the were critics you swaddling clothes. I was a, in swaddling uh, clothes. Yeah, a Lando Calrissian cape. Yes. I, well, I mean, Lando wasn't around yet, but yeah. But I was a pre. You know, still I was ahead of my time. Yeah. I I have to say that the people who critique Disney slash Lucasfilm jumping on this Marvel DC perpetual, there will always be a film in the docket thing. I think there is some there's some backup to that critique as a critique to say, yeah. why can't we have a finite parenthesis and say this is the this is the wolverine canon this sure. is the wolverine genre <clears throat> and let's draw it to a close well, we talked about that a couple weeks ago with nolan's batman yeah mm-hmm. yeah well i think with star wars you, you can have your cake and eat it too because yeah. episode nine is going to be the end of that story but right. not the end of the universe jk right. rolling uh rolling yeah you know, she said that's the end. Yeah, of that's Harry the end Potter. Of Harry Potter. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, and I respect that. I mean, I we all were fans. We love it. Yep. We love these characters. We love the universe they live mm-hmm. in. Yeah, 
But eventually... Well, that's the thing that carries on. Yeah. They have, like, the side stories and... You know, right. Well, and, you know, Tolkien, when Tolkien created his mm-hmm. Middle-Earth universe, yeah. Yeah. The, there are people who mm-hmm. think that and claim that he actually was hoping that other people would come along. He wasn't going to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, ad infinitum. Mm-hmm. But that, that other people could pick up that mantle. But they, you know, it's, it's still a contained thing. Yeah. And if we get to the point where there's, oh, look, now it's time for episode 45. Mm-hmm. It's inevitable that it's going to run out of steam, and it cannot maintain the quality Rocky. over and sure. over. Rocky over and over and over well, again. Well, you're right. It eventually, I mean, it's like Murphy's Law, but we keep saying it about Marvel, and they're like yeah. 15 movies in, yeah. and they still really haven't made a bad one yet. So, I mean, they could play... And this, you know, this Logan trailer, I mean, there's a, there's a sense in which... You know they're going to hit a home run with this Wolverine story, well, it's, and it's going to be the end of this Hugh yeah. Jackman's Wolverine. Right. Now, the reason why I say reboot is not so much because Hugh Jackman's over. It's a. It's going to be hard to have Wolverine in that universe, and it's hard mm-hmm. to ha- not have Wolverine at all in the X Men universe. Sure. It's like having Justice League without Batman. You know. I mean, really. Yeah. yeah. But the reason why I say is because the the, the time continuum of them is that whole X Men universe. It's like every movie. They're like doing patchwork and trying to fix it every time. Yeah. So, at least with the Marvel universe and even the DC, it's coherent. So, and X Men started eight, nine years before all this stuff started, and they just kept it going, which was mm-hmm. brilliant. I'm yeah. glad they did it. Yeah, they kind of grafted it into this tree. But now yeah. that they have, that's kind of the zeitgeist of, of film cinema is creating these shared universes. They can say, okay, let's plan a course and do it mm-hmm. right. You know what I mean? But I think they need to wait five or six years because we're so fatigued by yeah. X Men movies. I mean, and they've been yeah. moderate. None of yeah. them have been yeah. the expectations yeah. of Marvel. I like, how, right. I like the um, the kind of self deprecating humor of Deadpool. Oh yeah, like, yeah. He's like, which are we? Uh, which X Men are we in? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, and and people ask, they're like, are they going to connect him with the X Men movies? And if they're smart, they won't, because he can stay out of all that and last as long as he wants. Well, and I think you know the the genius of Marvel becoming a movie studio. Is that, you know, Marvel, the comic book empire, is so deep, you know, that they have such a, I mean, they could bring in Alf (laughs) and add Alf to the Marvel Universe, because Alf was a Marvel comic book for a very brief period of time. Really? Yeah. Seriously. He he lasted about, what, seven issues? It's not like it was... Alf in like the Marvel universe, right? It right. Was, but they, it was they they had Marvel Comics. Yes. Alf Marvel Comics. Yes. I had I had Alf number Did one for a very long time. Yeah, he ate cats. That's a pretty special power. <laughs> he ate cats. He ate yeah, cats. Yeah, that's Mac. Yeah, that's what they ate. Do you remember Alf's real name? Gordon Shumway. <laughs> James <laughs> literally saw those words go over his head. Did you see that the actor who who was in the Alf costume for the original TV show died last year? Really? Yeah, and they, the thing is, they kept it a secret. They didn't. They, they never came out during that time in the '80s and said Alf is a is a is a short midget guy inside yeah. a costume. They never came out and said that. So that made people wonder: Is it a Muppet? You know, how is he? Yeah. And it was a, it was for most of the scenes. It was this little tiny short guy inside mm-hmm. a costume, and he died last year. And that's when they came out and said this guy was Alf. Well, it's it's but, ironic. Um, you know, I talked a little bit about Mr. Robot a couple weeks ago, which is a great right, show. You yeah. love it. And um, Alf is in it. Nice. And the guy who did the voice 
Nice. Did so. Al, it was yeah. It's hard to explain how he's in it, but he's actually in in an episode. So well, so there you go. Marvel Universe bring in you know. But it's true. Like when you think you're like, okay, they've introduced everybody. It's like yeah. no. Then they say no. We're doing Doctor Strange, and no, yeah. we're doing this. And it's like God, there there are. It's mm-hmm. so deep. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, there's so much trust in Marvel now. They could bring D and E list characters, and people are like, all right, I'm on board. Mm-hmm. I mean, people forget before Iron Man. Iron Man and Captain America were all BC-list characters. They weren't they were. Spider-Man yeah. and no. Wolverine no, no, no. and Batman. And they introduced those to people. I mean, we have a Doctor Strange movie coming out in two weeks. It's crazy. You know? So so with that, I mean, that's just my hope. Um, I, I just think they need to take a break from the X-Men a little bit. Um, I think they did a great job. Uh, if you saw um, Days of Future Past, I thought it was brilliant. Um, Apocalypse was... Subpar. I did not see it. It was. I didn't really tell me. Like I, did, I wasn't even that interested in seeing it, and I saw it, and it was, it was subpar. Mm-hmm. It, it was all right, you know. Um, it was probably the clo- sadly enough, it's the closest X Men movie to what we know as X Men, like the '90s cartoon X Men. That was like, you know, the um, there's a cool Wolverine cameo in it that that I really liked. It was good, um, but the movie all in itself was like, yeah, it was all right. Like 15 years ago, it would have been fantastic. But there's just a standard now sure. um, that it's, it's just real shame. So, okay, so the Logan movie, which mm-hmm. looks really good. You'll have to see the trailer. It does look really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got Professor X in it. Um, and uh, Patrick Stewart as an octogenarian. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, and the I guess the plot is they're taking care of this little girl, which from what I understand is X-23, which is the female Wolverine, which is his clone. Um, the mutants are all gone. They don't know why. Um, so it's, it looks dark, it looks mm-hmm. dark, but it looks good. It looks really, really good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have those, the other big trailer that came out in the last two weeks was the last Rogue One. Rogue trailer, One, yeah. Which yeah. was, yeah. Uh, it was, the, the thing with Star Wars is they can literally like have a piece of poop <laughs> on a commercial and, yeah. and they play that certain like Luke Skywalker suite. The, the you know, source, the, the, the force theme. You're right. You know, and, and you're you still start crying. Chill. Yeah. Like yeah. it's so Pavlovian in our generation mm. that it doesn't matter. And, and you know, I mean, we know nothing about these characters. Mm-hmm. But we hear that and force theme. there's so much nostalgia yeah. with that yeah. with that music. So I'm glad you, you led with that. Yeah. Because most of the trailer was this kind of, I don't know, yeah. Let's, I'm hoping that it was like bland movie trailer music. You know how film studios do yeah, that? They take yeah. just generic, you know, like Golden Girls soundtrack and use that, mm-hmm. even though that's not the actual film score. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of what I felt was going on. They start, they start with the little Force theme, and yeah. then it devolves into like Randy Elfman for the rest of the trailer. Danny Elfman, you mean? Danny, yeah, Danny, thank yeah, you. Yeah, not, yeah. You know, or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Danny Elfman. Randy Newman, Randy Randy Newman, Newman or Danny Elfman. They're, yeah, they're love Yeah, yeah It's yeah, somber Danny music Elfman. with poppy lyrics. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> little orchestral, you know. And, and so Going I'm... Over to the dark side. <laughs> right. That would be a great love child. I'm gonna get my lightsaber. <laughs> it's good. That's all I got. Do you know the Vatican rag? No. The Randy Newman Vatican rag. No, he actually oh. has one. Yeah, okay, it's, we'll brilliant. We'll it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Ave Maria. Jesus, <laughs> glad to see you. Oh gosh, it's amazing. It's it's an amazing song. But yeah, Sorry. so I'm hoping that was just generic trailer music okay. and not what's his name, the Philippe, the the French composer who scored the film. Um, we can expect better things from him than that, I hope. But yeah, yeah, yeah. 
score a song. Well, it, it, I mean, it's two months out. They're yeah. probably still working on. They're still probably the with score. the orchestra. Like, yeah, doing I mean, all people don't time. realize yeah. that they work on that stuff till a week before. Yeah. All yeah. those little things. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. 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 That stuff gets printed within days. Well, it's like this, you know, earlier this summer when the big news was, oh, they've got to refilm. They're they're yeah. doing re and and what people didn't realize is that every movie does that, and they even had some of the actors, you know, come out and say, look, this is a standard procedure, and for a big budget film like this, mm -hmm. you're going to have sure. big refills, sure. re redos. Yeah. So executives and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. so people were up in arms saying, "Oh, this means that it's going to suck now," or they didn't like the. No, it just meant that this is part of the process. But because it's Star Wars, because it could just be a piece of poop with that music, people are going to blow it up. Yeah. yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Um, I'm trying to think. You know, with with this trailer though, there wasn't. I, there was more stuff, I guess. I mean, it's the last trailer, so they do yeah. reveal a little bit more of the plot. Mm -hmm. You know, like the actually, they reveal more than I thought Force Awakens did. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. but I think yeah. they had to in a way because it was it's a, it's the first of its kind. It's not mm -hmm. part of that saga mm -hmm. series. Mm -hmm. So people want to know where is Luke, where is Han, where is yeah. Darth Vader. Yeah, and, and and so they have to explain it a little bit. And yeah. they, I think they need people need to know going in that it, where it takes place in the canon as well. So they, I think mm -hmm. they did a good job of that. So right. to a certain way, you know. You know that it's they're building the first Death Star, and mm -hmm. this is how they get the plans for the Battle of Yavin. Mm -hmm. um, but they did reveal a couple other things, like Jin, who's the main character. Mm -hmm. Her father is uh, the guy who's responsible for. The, he's like the architect. Dude, I saw this as this yeah. whole like Manhattan Project. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Einstein mm -hmm. being yeah, forced can, to develop the A bomb. Yeah, 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 like right. I, I yeah. totally read that into like, like went into seclusion. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks good, and, and just the, the sense of. I mean, this is the first Star Wars movie where you real they're really truly the underdogs. Right. You know, like all the other yeah. ones, it's like, yeah, you know, the first one, the very first one, yeah, they are, but there's still this naivete to to it right. a little bit. And this one, it's like, you know they don't win at the end of this movie. Like, you know this. You know, we know the story. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so they're not, they're not the people who, who win the day. It's other people. Right. But it's, it's, what I like about it is it's almost like those autobiographical war films about people that you don't know were a part of the war. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. um, like um, like had the imitation game was the year year. And yeah, half, and you're yeah like, you know, exactly. Such a big hand. Yeah. So you know, you realize that there's the so it makes even not just the universe bigger, but even mm -hmm. that that time mm -hmm. of the universe more complex. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and I remember I was listening to somebody. Um, I think it was Mark Bernardin, who's a, who's a writer for LA Times. He was talking about how he really wants to see um, a sacrifice at the end of the movie, maybe the main character or whatnot, mm -hmm. but. Um, to see that kind of butt up against the Battle of Yavin and, yeah. and and see the celebration of the original characters in the background after that while these people are are lamenting. Oh, yeah. right. You know, and creating right. that dynamic. And I think that would yeah. just be awesome. And it would create more dimension for the first movie, which as much as we love it, kind of needs a little more. I mean, what too. if they are on the Death Star wow. when Luke was, uh, you know? Well, the theory that I heard was that she, because she's wearing a TIE fighter pilot outfit, uh -huh. she's the TIE fighter that uh -huh. knocks Vader off to save, and, and, and you never know why that happens, right. but it might be because she, she does up, it on right? purpose. It does. And it might be because she wants Luke to get into the I trenches. thought Han shot it and it spun, and that's it, why it hit It Vader. did, but there was another one too. Out. Yeah, one of the, the other yeah. TIE fighter yeah. kind of gets spooked and is like, watch out! Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. yeah. Which might not be it, but yeah, but, that but I heard it butts right up against mm -hmm. the four, and so I would love to see kind of a, a, a yeah. sort of overlapping of those movies, right. rather than all right, we got the plans, yay, yeah, you know, I mean, here they are. Luke, I'm gonna now go you know, and become Snoke. 
Yeah. <laughs> you think everybody's freaking Everybody's stoked. Stoked. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, But I'm, I'm excited for it. I think it's... I think the sad thing about this movie is that I think that the characters are going to be characters we like a yeah. lot. Yeah. And I think this is just going to be a one-off. Right. Like, I don't think they're planning on making another yeah. one with these characters. And I think well, and I hope they don't for that reason. I mean, it's that we're back to that same... You know, otherwise it's, you know, Aladdin 8... Jafar goes to college, sure. and then you know where, where are we even? Are we? You know, <laughs> Just he goes to college. That's why they didn't need to make the movie. <laughs> <laughs> he went direct, to, direct to video. You know, straight to straight to straight to video. <laughs> you straight know, to video. Rogue Eight, Pocahontas Three. Yeah. Well, the thing is, what they can do is, you know, and, <laughs> syphilis. And, and, oh God. <laughs> The England years. That's right. <laughs> the English years. Oh, God. So, <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. So, Forrest Whitaker in this movie, yes. his character is actually in the Clone Wars. Right, the cartoon. The cartoon. Yeah. So they connect it. So what they could do is if they wanted to make other stories, they could use these actors for other things later. And kind yeah, of like Rebels or those, yeah. yeah. Like I mean, there's... Prequel type things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or there's more stuff that happens between... Even episode four and five. I mean, that's a bulk of the war. Is it between right. four and five? And they mm-hmm. don't really tap into that. That's actually yeah. the heyday. That's when that's when Luke and Leia and Han all really become friends. That's the heyday of them. Yes. Yeah. Right. And yeah. you don't get that. You get the tail end of it because between mm-hmm. five and six, it's about six months. Yeah. I know because I read all the nerd books back in the nineties. Yeah. You know. So, but there's a couple of years in between that, and mm-hmm. so I would like to see like right like, where they're running around. Yeah. And, and apparently they bump into Vader more than once during that time. Exactly. And in yeah. Marvel yeah. comics, because Marvel um, is owned by. Uh, or Disney owns both properties now. Star Wars uh, went over to Marvel Comics about a year and a half ago. And so they're, they're, the Star Wars title is actually in between that to develop those characters huh. a little more. Interesting. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. It, it is solid. But you're right. They do run into Vader more. And there's yeah. more of a, you know. So um, there's a lot to do. Is Lando around? I mean, you know. It's, he's not around yet. He's not around to the tail end. Yeah. You know? And if you notice, he's the only person, and he's the only African American, and he's clapping off B at the end. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Really? Really? You guys are just so... Maybe in that universe, that's how it is. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Or are we all offbeat? That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's very true. Ewok music. You're the professor of music. Ewok, Ewok music. music might be more Is it like bluegrass? Okay, let's like say this about, the, about Ewok music. It's not on the bass, but on the... Yeah, right. Ewok music sounds more like the original 1983 version than any of that crap that they started doing to those movies in the late 90s. In 97? Yeah. Yeah, they got rid of... You know, it's funny is... Yub Nub is the Yub Nub, yes. Yeah. That song was probably my favorite song yeah. growing up. And then they yeah. took and it they out. and they took it out. Oh, it kills me. Now, I heard rumblings that Disney's gonna come out with the original cuts on DVD. Well, if, the, if, if they can pull Lucas's fingers off... Because apparently, what I heard was that episode four, the original one, has different... Fox has different ownership rights over that than the other ones. Really? And so it's a matter of negotiating with 20th Century Fox in order to be able to do that. Well, they don't... So the very first one. Well, yeah. the, the Ewoks is... Oh, oh, to do the whole thing, you mean? Yeah, yeah the whole box. Because they, 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 they screwed up all three of them, you know, with those remakes and the... So I wonder, I wonder if... Ah, that's weird because, you know, Disney does produce the box sets now. Yeah. So, I, I so maybe, the, maybe they don't have the original... Who knows? Who knows? I mean, know? these corporate... You know, yeah. red tape things, but exactly so. But that would be nice to have, especially for our generation. Yeah. Right. Take advantage of the fact that we're becoming the middle-aged people, and we have the yeah. money, and we exactly. like to spend our money on dumb crap. <laughs> right. Um, I think you need another Iron Man. 
You think I need another Iron Man? Listen, I'm looking over here, and and I, it, it <laughs> makes me sad to see that there's not any um, Scout Trooper. They don't make one yet. What? They don't make a 12-inch Scout Trooper yet. Why do they not make a Scout Or a TIE Fighter can, can, pilot? I mean... Which Funny story. A, which one's the scout? They're trooper? making the biker. The, the, oh yeah, yeah. Funny story. They're making a tie fighter. Okay. Not pilot. Just the fighter. A tie fighter for those. Oh. But not the pilot with the the, the coolest, coolest, the coolest uniforms yeah. of any. Let, let me correct yeah. myself. They made a tie. They made a first order one, and I didn't get it. But they don't have the original. Now yeah. I will say only because the Marvel and DC yeah. ones came out around, started coming out in 08. Yeah. Those came out last year. Okay, so, so they're, they're way just behind. now. Yeah. The funny thing is they said they're not going to do any episode 1, 2, and 3. It's only the new ones and the classics. Well, good for them. Good for them. Good for them. They don't have time to Why would you one. want those on yourself anyway? Yeah. I mean, there's a couple I would probably like. I would like a, a Ewan McGregor Obi-Wan from episode 3. Sure. I would take that one. Sure. Maybe a boss Nass. <laughs> In honor, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You mean Snoke. Yes. Snoke, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Will they cool. make a 12 inch um, trash compactor Cyclops monster? Oh, I don't know. We yeah, don't fully Meg know. Griffin what it looks like. coming out of the, We fully yeah. don't know what that thing looks like. We only know the eyeball. I had the toy in the 80s that came, the Kenner, you know. Oh, Kenner toy set. They had a trash compactor thing. It, it, you know, it, had, it looked like a little. Can um, you crank it? And it? No, you. No, I wish. But it. Um, actually, no, you could, you could compress the walls in. It didn't have a crank, but you could squeeze the walls in. And they they, cre- they made a little gr- a green. It looked like the Loch Ness monster with one eye. I'm trying to find um, more news while you're oh, talking sure. about. Oh, I thought you were trying to find the Kenner toy set oh, for the no, trash can. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it came and it was this, it was like this this like Nerf kind of material. Oh yeah. You know, it wasn't the hard plastic like the rest of them. It was like this soft, rubbery, nerfy kind of thing. And it, it was green. It had wings, and then the the long neck, and then the one eye on it. Like a, like a like one of those USB camera things that you could send through. That's what it looked like, you know. <laughs> little LED lights on the end, you know. That thing used to freak me out when I was little. Yeah. Because that's all you saw was that eye, and I'm like, what the hell? Is I've got a bad feeling about this. Yeah. Yeah. I I bet you I was scared of garbage going into like garbage because I thought there would be like creepy things. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's how Especially so with like the water. It's like, why is there water? Yeah, that's true. Right. Well, it's like a men's bathroom. <laughs> All public men's bathrooms have yeah. wet everywhere. Right. What is so that? Why that? Is you, it's just get moist. Like what? What is I that? really want to find the man who goes in the bathrooms and takes the water and sprinkles it everywhere. Yeah. yeah. You know, have you ever been in a women's bathroom? Well, it's a lot it's easier to just hose the thing down. Yeah, that's true. It's men's rooms. It's like I, I, I will always remember what Jerry Seinfeld talking about these things. You know, Jerry Seinfeld says, you know, the men's room. It's it's just it's it's the it's it's the scum of humanity. It's just it's the it, you know it's the bottom of the barrel. Like, don't touch anything. Don't breathe the air. You know, just get in, get out. Don't. And he says, in contrast, the women's room. You know, there's a door has a, has an outline of a woman, and women keep walking out of the door into the world. It's just this wonderful, amazing place. Yeah, having daughters. Yeah, <laughs> and having no options but to take them into the men's room. It's it's gross. It's, yeah, I hate it. Yes, and you. It, it's amazing how you recognize what. It, I, I don't know if you're at this point yet, but when my kids were really young, I would go to restaurants based on if they had a baby changing station in the men's bathroom because that, that mm-hmm. usually is a sign. Of, <clears throat> and I always said they needed to have an app, but I actually heard that the, they're changing the law where they have to have it in the men's bathroom mm-hmm. because it, I mean, really, I mean, there'd be points where I would have like a, yeah. a a meeting in the middle of the day, mm-hmm. but I'd have like Eleanor with me mm-hmm. when she was young. Mm-hmm. 
and I would say I can't go here, I can't go here mm. because I it, it was just gross. It was gross. Yeah. Men's bed. I don't know if it's because when men are home, they have to keep the house clean, and they get so much pent up aggression of being gross and dirty that when they get in public bathrooms, mm-hmm. it's just like I gotta get it off my chest and just make it dirty as possible. It's disgusting. And, like, I love how Dane Cook talks about how all the doors are broken. Oh, right, yeah. So like, like, yeah, yeah. like, I don't have enough room to go to the bathroom. Right. I need to kick this door, <laughs> door open. Yeah, it's, it's, it is. It's gross. It's mm-hmm. Anyway, okay, we can stop talking about bathrooms. Um, other things that are going on. I don't know if you guys – Garrison and I talked about it last week a little bit, but uh, I started watching Westworld. That's really good. Okay. Do you remember the original movie, Westworld? I do not. Michael Crichton. But it's, yeah. He directed it with Ewell Brenner. Good stuff. Oh, okay. That was the other thing from last week. What's that? I, oh, I, oh, do you remember? No. Yes, it okay. was. Remind me to show you my Yule Brenner impersonation. Oh, yes. Because yes. Yule Brenner, Did, you know, didn't he, the he, king and I. I was going to even speak. Did he the even know English? Well, he, for these roles. I think he memorized that. English. He I don't memorized know. Because he was Russian, wasn't he? He was, he was like Turkmenistani, like oh. he was in the original, you know, the Soviet Union. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. Soviet, but he wasn't from Russia. He was from one of those one of the blocks, one of the sands. Yeah, I forget which. No well, we should, about. you know, the internet will tell us where he was from. But okay, yeah, yeah. But, okay, you, know, you do your Yule Brenner, Yul and Brenner. I will, I will look up the. Uh, First of all, we have Yule Brenner in the King and I. Let me tell you something about your Abraham Lincoln. It seems he is having problems winning the war. I would like to help him. I could send him some elephants. How many elephants does he have? That's that's the coolest voice ever. And she says, why? Well, he, he says, what? What? No elephants? No wonder he's not winning war. But the great Yule Brenner, I mean, the classic pinnacle Yule Brenner, is the Ten Commandments, you know, Charlton Heston. Yeah. Where he yeah. plays Pharaoh. Oh, yeah. John Ramses, yeah. and he walks mm-hmm. out. Thus it has been written. Thus it shall be done. Yeah. I mean, it's just like bald, you know, shiny bald head, Mm. hands on his hips, like the the, the loincloth. I mean, I will tell you his impression of Pharaoh. And now he's like, he's the cowboy villain. I mean, you know. Oh, yeah. In in the movie. His impression of Pharaoh made a bigger impact than than, than Moses in that movie. Oh, of course. Like when I grew up reading that, that's what I heard was Yul Brenner. Moses and the Hebrew people would not escape Egypt. Like, I thought that was like how Egyptians talked 2,500 years ago. Yeah, it is. Okay, so Yul Brenner, real name is Yuli Borisnovich Breiner. There you go. Was it Russia? Was he from Russia? He was Russian-born, Swiss-American. Okay, so it was um, Russian. Film and stage actor, yes. He was... He was, uh, like I told Garrison last week, is he, he was one of those like Steve McQueen badasses. Mm-hmm. And he was in the Magnificent Seven. He was in the Magnificent you know, Seven. He was yeah. awesome. And, and yeah. people, it's sad that people forget about, I mean, people don't talk about him. I mean, right. if you ask somebody under 25, they wouldn't know who he is. No. I'm like, he was such he a... He was a class, he, iconic. He yeah. really was. Yeah. He did a lot of good stuff. So, yeah, I like Jewel Brenner. But anyway, that movie, Westworld, which, if you know the premise, it's like the like a, it's like a, a fake theme park. Michael Crichton, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. like it's like his blueprints to Jurassic Park, yeah. and and it's a western. It, it's in the West, and uh-huh. they're all robots, and so you can do whatever you want, live you know, live your fantasies and shoot people, and you know, and, and stuff like that. And it goes wrong, 
And he's like a robot cowboy that goes wrong, and he goes after like the main character in the movie. And there's like a 20 minutes in the, in the end of the movie where he's going after the character, and there's like no dialogue, and he doesn't talk, and he's the cowboy in oh, black. Oh, so it's, it's like a throwback to like the, the spaghetti westerns, you know? It's like it the was. good, bad, and the oh, ugly. Oh, it was. You know? And it was, it, I mean, you were genuinely scared of Yul Brenner in that movie. It, nice. it, even though it was, I mean, it's the 60s, you know? But there was yeah. moments where you're like, oh, he's kind of freaky, you know? So this show is. Um, it's uh, I don't know. It's a reimagining, or I got a feeling it's it's a sequel of the movie. I got a feeling mm-hmm. the movie plays in a. But sure. real quick, because I talked about last week, is it was developed by Abrams, yeah, and Jonathan Nolan. If you know Jonathan right. Nolan, yeah. is Christopher Nolan's brother. Yeah. He helps write him write all the movies. So that yeah. guy's just as credible. So you put those two guys together, you know it's going to be good. What if the Nolan brothers and the Coen brothers directed the movie? <laughs> oh I would watch it. Could I you imagine the Coen brothers doing a Batman film? That would be the best Batman ever. Yeah, I mean, it would. It would. Uh, George. Wait, George Clooney is Batman again. Batman again. Of course, that's the only way George Clooney could be Batman again. Is if the Corn Brothers did it, and Brad Pitt would have to have a role, and John Goodman would be Robin. And John Goodman. <laughs> John Goodman would be the, the commissioner. commissioner. Yeah, of <laughs> And John Turturro would be the Joker. Guys, let's write this script. John Turturro, John Turturro would be, would be the Joker. Joker. I was thinking. Yeah. I was you thinking. said it, man. <laughs> I heard that he's making a movie. They're making a movie. The Jesus. He's a bus driver. They're making the Coen Brothers are doing a movie with John. I, I heard Turturro's directing. Rep, it, uh, yeah, he's reprising the role of, yeah. of the Jesus, the purple, you know, jumpsuit, bowling suit, and he's a bus driver. And it's like his adventures. You know, I don't know if he still has I to go door it. to door to tell everyone he exposed himself to an eight year old or not, but you know, John Turturro is one of the most underrated actors of Hollywood. So that good. man is so good. Miller's Cross, um, not Miller's Crossing. Yeah, he was in Miller's Crossing. Yeah, he's a great character in Miller's Crossing. Um, every Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, you need to. I talked about it before. You need to watch The Night of on HBO with him. Okay, and, yeah. and he's in it all. Watch series, it, you know. and, I mean, he played the lawyer in it. He's yeah. just he's a great actor. Well, and I think I mentioned this. I don't remember if the camera was rolling at this point or the camera. Yeah, the, the microphone. microphone was on, yeah. Listen to me. The microphone was rolling. We were talking about this in the fir- the first one, but um, person of interest, which oh, is yeah, now on that. Netflix. Yeah. Um, I just watched another episode, you know, before coming over here. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it, it just, they just finished it. They just finished the show as a complete show yeah. last spring was the last episode. Yeah. Um, but it's now on Netflix. And so we've gone back and started with season one and moving forward. And it's just, it, it, it holds up through a second yeah. viewing. And it's really, you know, it was on a CBS. network, CBS, it was, it was on CBS. CBS. So it's like, you know, you think these days, oh God, network show, was that going to be any good? It's actually... It really holds up well. It's season one is slow to start because they have to. They're what they do is they are building up the backstory as you progress. Mm-hmm. You get about halfway through season one. There's enough of a backstory mm-hmm. created at that point that they can start referring to themselves with it, and that's when it really starts to get good. Cool. I'll just write a lot of moments, but I, I recommend it wholeheartedly. Yeah. yeah, I noticed it was on Netflix, and actually, I'm, I I need to find something else to binge because there's kind of a dry spell right now. <laughs> yeah, I think part of it is yeah. because all the the uh, the the fall season has started. Right. And so there's a lot of stuff I watched in the fall. It's a lot of guilty pleasure stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, if they ended, I wouldn't cry over it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I need to find something, something good. Speak other news. I heard just last week, they, um, Aziz Ansari announced that they are doing season two. Season two. Yeah. Of Master of None. Master of None. Yes. Hallelujah. It is on its way. Have and you? season, or I'm sorry, series 
three of Sherlock. They have a trailer. Did you see the trailer? Season four. Four. Did yeah. you see the trailer for no. series four of Sherlock? That's another trailer that oh, came excellent. out recently. Yeah. It looks good. Have yes. you, um... Have I you, too am in a have you, so. have mm. you seen the, uh, the vote commercial for Aziz Ansari? No. I might actually play it so people can hear it. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like, it's, it's, it's him at his best, but you need Let's to do listen it. to it. Yeah, you need to listen to this. He needs some airtime on this. It's, he does. Podcast. He does. Hello. I'm Aziz Ansari. I'm here because apparently there's someone watching this video that's on the fence about voting, and they're going to see me telling them to vote, and then they're going to be like, okay, I guess I'll vote. What, what the f*** do you need? How many celebrities have made these stupid f- videos? Robert Downey Jr. made one. DiCaprio made one. Jennifer Lawrence is in one. These people are way more famous than me. Why do you need me? Well, Aziz, some of the millennials are really responding to you. If you can make a video... Really? It's going to make a difference? There's a guy running that says he hates brown people. Why, why, that's not enough? He doesn't believe in climate change. That's how dumb you have to be to not believe in climate change at this point? Seriously, this video is going to make the difference. It's my lunch break right now. Go throw it, please. It's my lunch oh, break geez. right now. That's amazing. It was that's really amazing. good. It was really good. It's my lunch break. That's fantastic. Uh, it was good. It's good. It's, it's true, though. He's yeah. very prophetic in that. Yeah. All right, so let's do... Wow. Um, I'm gonna get this ready real quickly. Um, oh, uh-oh. But yeah, it take me a second. But um, I want to um, go ahead and uh, let's do the beer. Is it time to transition? I it is time. It's, it's where at midpoint, and Mark's gonna do his whole thing. I don't need Wikipedia to pull it up this week <laughs> like I do typically with him. Um, but we're, let's do it. Narragansett. Narragansett beer. All right. All right, Marcus. Which, unfortunately... Is this Schlitz? Nar- no. <laughs> Narragansett. <laughs> Narragansett was the... Was the that was a great... That was yes. a great Thank you for getting that yes. uh, reference. Adam Sandler and Chris Farley. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it's awesome. Whoa. <laughs> Narragansett was the inspiration for Paul Tuckett, Pale Ale on Family Guy. One of these regional... That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. You know. All right, so I, I had the label, but what I got this for a reason only because it's um, it's uh, Lost Province. I don't know if it's you a great brewery. It's is a fantastic where, where, Do you know where it is? They are shoot. I need. But to, it's, I don't it's want called, to miss. It's called Bumpkins Pumpkins, and the only yes. reason why I got it is because obviously it's a pumpkin, pumpkin ale. You can taste it. Taste it, but it's we talked a little bit about Oktoberfest. Oh, listen, Lost Province. Listen. If you are in North Carolina or even Tennessee, East Tennessee, Lost Province is a brewery, brew pub, and pizzeria in downtown Boone, scenic Boone, North Carolina. Really? It's just like up an hour away. Yeah. And listen, they have the best, the best pizza in North Carolina. Okay. It's to be found at Lost Province. You know from Chicago. That's so why I said in North Carolina. Okay, okay. okay. I didn't say... Full stop. I didn't say just <laughs> in in North Carolina. The best but, North yes. Carolina style. The, less, the best North Carolina. It's like style the smartest kid in special class. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Lost Province is no joke. I'll try it out. And it's it's mm. wonderful. Where is it? In it's right across. It's it's um, is it right downtown. It's like, right downtown. Okay. Where is that? King Street. My wife sure. would kill me for not knowing Where the, the Mass General Street. Store. Is yeah, right there. it's right across from Mass General Store. Okay, on we'll the side street. It it's right there. And they do good work. Well, I'll have to try it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. The, I picked this 
two reasons. One, because it's it's the pumpkin style, and and we talked it's a little fall, bit about Oktoberfest. Yeah. It's fall, so I wanted to celebrate that, but also because it had uh, a lower percentage of alcohol, and you know how that's I lower. Really, huh? You call that lower? It, it, it was the second lowest that they had. See, this is a problem. This is the problem with American <laughs> beer culture. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is no seriously. This, I'm gonna get my no, soapbox. No, it's really high. No, yeah, I, I know. Sh- I totally understand that. But everything else was eight to like ten percent. Yeah, I know. Do you know how expensive this would be in England? Because they do it by alcohol. Oh, really? Yeah, they do it by alcohol mm, percentage. Really? Just at the price. Yeah. So the more alcohol, the more expensive it is. Because alcohol yeah. itself yeah. is not expensive. Ten right. pounds. I don't know how much. It would be a pound. <laughs> of some some. Well, the, I don't know. The exchange rate's so bad right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Telling, but three hundred pounds yeah. for a pint. <laughs> <laughs> 400 rubles. Pounds are just as foreign to me as Star Wars credits. Okay, so I could throw it out Imperial there. credits. Yeah, yes. exactly. So, But, uh, no, yeah, but this is, this is and it certainly does not taste like it's 6.7. No, it's it doesn't. It's very smooth. It's very there's, smooth. There's no, there's, no, there's no heat to it. There's no burn yeah. at all. What I like, too, is the first time you taste it, you can taste the pumpkin. It's not a lot. Yeah. But once you start drinking it, it kind of fades away. Mm-hmm. Right. It kind of becomes a part of your taste. So, yeah. it, you don't keep getting blown blasted with the pumpkin. I'm is really very nice. picky about pumpkin beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And this is a good one. This good. one passes muster. Uh, pumpkin, because so many breweries, when they set out to make a pumpkin beer, they just throw a bunch of, cra- they throw a bunch of cloves and allspice yeah. and cinnamon, and that's all they do. Like, Here's our pumpkin beer. Well, it overpowers this. it. Yeah, yeah, it tastes like pie or something, and it's just not, yeah. and this, you know, I want where you can actually taste the vegetable, the, the gourd in there a little bit, you know. <laughs> That's that's what I'm after in a pumpkin beer. <laughs> well, listen, here's a, you laugh, you laugh. You have a T-shirt with your face on. You I can taste really hard. I would wear that shirt. <laughs> you're gonna be doing the hand gestures that James just did, like you're directing, <laughs> tasting the cord. None of that clove and other things. No, no. Fuck <laughs> the clove, man. I want the gourd. <laughs> Well, listen. It there, sounds so dirty. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm things these ministers should not right. say. Right. So, pumpkin beer is actually. I mean, we think about it like you know. Unfortunately, we're in a culture where you know, where is this? This is associated along Basically. with you know, like pumpkin spice lattes from Starbucks. Sure. Mm, you know, things white people like. You know, how waspy can we get? Oh, I yeah. have a that's, pumpkin. That's your second podcast, by the way. I Things mean, white people like. Yeah, it is. I have a pumpkin latte. Oh, yes, I have a pumpkin latte. Yes. Well, no, pumpkin beer actually is a very old style of beer. Right. This is not a trendy Starbucks millennial, you know, thing. You know, no offense. Um. <laughs> Why'd you look at me? <laughs> you're the most millennial. You're the, I, you're I the most millennial leaning. I'm like right on the cusp. Yeah, that's right. Cuspers are great. We love We love cuspers. The yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, my wife's about your age, so she's on the cusp too. She's like blade. She gets both best of both worlds, where she can appreciate the millennial. You know what I'm talking about. That's a great yeah. analogy. Yeah, I use it, it all the time. I'm gonna use it in a sermon one day. I guarantee you. <laughs> and all these old people are like blade. I'm like, come on. But anyway. But, it's but, but, you're also, but you're also and you'll old be wearing enough. all black. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Wesley Snipes. And, 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 but she's also old enough to be a part of the Generation X. Right. Where she can make fun of the millennials it's, too. It's, it's a wonderful place to be. It about. really is. Yeah. It really is. But um, I'm so, a pumpkin spice um, host for. Uh, no, I didn't. I'm just <laughs> I think we t- we talked about that. Before. Okay, so yeah. anyway, you were talking so about yeah, things it's, it's like colonial America pumpkin pumpkin beer. In colonial America, 
brewing beer was part of it's like an in you know old pre-industrial revolution in Europe. You know, brewing beer is part of your daily you know chores on the farm. You know, it's it's there it, at that time, and it's, it seems like a very foreign concept for us because we have the temperance movement in between. Yeah. Then and now, and that really changed our cultural perception of beer. Thanks, Welsh family. Yeah, exactly, but but exactly, but beer was just part of daily life. It was a, a source of nutrients, B vitamins, all of these things. People would drink beer for breakfast. I mean, it wasn't six point seven percent. Bring but, it back. <laughs> right? But and you have a keg you know, in the office. And the, and the thing about the thing about beer is that. Every culture around the world has its own beer that's brewed with whatever's growing in the backyard. You know, locally sourced ingredients. So in Colonial America... There's some plants in there. Yeah. uh, Anything that has fruit sugars that will ferment can be brewed into beer. And so, squash, pumpkins... Rutabagas. Yeah. Root vegetables. (laughs) Snozberries. Snozberries. We are the music makers, <laughs> and we are the dreamers of the dream. I love it. I love it. There is fancy bread. So, yeah. The that, yeah. The so, anything with, with a grainy, you know, starchy component that also has fermentable sugars. Yeah. And so, it was a very common thing in the 18th century. And they're like, century. what the fuck else are we going to do with pumpkin beer? We're gonna, yeah, we're going <laughs> to brew it. We're going to we're gonna ferment it, turn it into beer. And and so, it has a very noble... So it just it, made the explicit. Uh, oh, you're totally fine. I only did it because My you did it last week. My boss the first so one, and he didn't say no. anything. But I'm pretty sure when he was reviewing, he probably dropped it too. Yeah. So you're fine. So it's. I think it, it is wonderful that we associate this with this time of the year, not only because you know it's an autumn crop, you know, pumpkins, and um, but also it, it it throws us back to that. You know, when I think of the fall, I think of like Washington Irving stories. You know, the headless horseman and it came on crane. And you know, Rick Van Winkle and John, right? Well, yeah, and Christina Ricci, Christina Ricci, Ricci you yeah, know, yeah. Tim Burton, Tim Burton, I right? Think Tim Burton and lives you know, in the fall, all Thanksgiving, year. you know, the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, you know, he gets seasonal depression in the other months. Of that's the right, that's right. Oh, it's it's just like, shiny around oh, here. It's, it's so like at Neshota House. The story is at Neshota House. They use right two during Lent because <laughs> <laughs> it's penitential. Yeah, yes. <laughs> right two penitential. <laughs> There's just a little Episcopalian joke. Somebody is listening to Tim, right? <laughs> so, um, but anyway, so you know, I don't know. It's just, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I, know. <laughs> I mean, that, all our mainline Protestant friends are like, screw this. Um, I just, I just always associate like the colonial period with the fall and Thanksgiving, yeah, and, and so it's you know, pumpkin beer is part of that heritage. On your shoes. This is this is one of the most mm. quintessentially truly American forms of beer that exist yeah. is a pumpkin beer. So, cool. you know, so much of our beer culture is from Germany, from England, yeah. you know, from mm. other European, yeah. you know, sources, but the pumpkin beer is something that really is our own that we can say, hey, it's this is what we've added to. Because they, they often flavor pumpkin beer as Oktoberfest, and that's... Oh, God, and I hate so that because they're so different. Little, they're very, there very is different. Nothing, there's nothing. Yeah. yeah, they don't connect they at don't all. They don't connect at all. And, and the thing about Oktoberfest is... And did I get the whole Oktoberfest thing right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's very specific. It's it's actually from the city of Munich, mm-hmm. and it was brewed originally in celebration for the for the king of Bavaria's... I don't know if it was his birthday or it was his coronation. Something to do with the king of Bavaria's You didn't know that, Garrison. Yes. But um, and so it has a very specific history, and it's tied to the city of Munich. Oktoberfest was he basically said the whole city's going to have a party, uh-huh. and it became an annual event. 
And um, and actually, it was in the month of September. They call it Oktoberfest because that's when it ends. It ends in like October the eighth. Because they know how to party. Yeah, they know how to party. It lasted like two weeks, yeah. and still today, the mayor of Munich traditionally taps the first barrel to begin Oktoberfest. I want to be the mayor of Munich, yeah, right? And it's a, so it's it's a, and you and were right then though. He does a keg stand. You were right. Oktoberfest beer is also called Märzen, which is German for March because uh-huh. they brew it in March. They brew it in March. It's the and end of the brewing season. And they like hide you were it saying. all summer up, and, and they, they put it in caves with ice in them, uh-huh. and they break it out in September because okay. it has aged and lagered and, and is ready to go. Um, so it is. It is a fall beer. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with pumpkins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, which when we did the Oktoberfest last week, when I did it with Garrison, yeah. it didn't taste anything like pumpkins, and we talked about that. Yeah, and it shouldn't. Yeah. It's no, it good, shouldn't. you know. That means it's well, a good if you one. say yeah. that pumpkin spice is more of an American thing, and right. Oktoberfest is more of a German, it makes sense yeah. that they would be separate. They're, yeah, it's but the we German like to just and, throw mm. everything in one little pot and say October and pumpkins yeah. are things white people like appropriation. Yeah. I have not really had an Oktoberfest <laughs> beer that I like. It's a it's an interesting style. You know, it's very malt forward. The one I had um, last time was really, really good. And you're right. I, I, I there's a it lot doesn't. It's not the kind of beer that reaches out and grabs you. It's, yeah. it's subtle, you know. And it's, it's it, for a long time I didn't like the style of it. I was like, well, what's, what is this? It doesn't have hop, anything. Like it's just malty. And but then one day, it, I don't know, it just clicked. And perhaps I was eating food along with it. You know, it goes really well with things like schnitzel, schnitzel, schnitzel and you know. Any you know, German worst, worst, yeah, pig worst. You know, it just it it really comes alive. Um, and if you're out like it's one of those warm fall days and you're out raking leaves or something, it's very thirst quenching. Like a pumpkin spice latte. Like <laughs> <laughs> just like that. Just like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. No, this is good though. I, I yeah, mean, this I like is it. good. I, I it's appreciate smooth. this. It's, yeah. it's got enough. Yeah. Uh, but yes, it was the second. Least Lose, alcoholic yeah. beer they had in the growler. That's a whole other conversation, but um, do um, it kind of tastes like the same. Is it the yeast that's in, uh, or the malt that's in um, Belgians? That you know, similar? It, it could. I mean, there's a lot of, of malt to it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. kind of a, a sweet, the, almost sweet, kind of malty. Yeah, because my because my first instinct was this kind of tastes like a Belgian. Think so. Yeah, there's like the candy, it. It's like the candy yeah. sugar. Mm-hmm. You know, Belgian beers, a lot of Belgian mm-hmm. beers actually add sugar along with the barley malt to boost the, uh, you know, the fermentables. Yeah, yeah. And it leaves that residual kind of caramel, like like almost like a caramel element to it. It does, yeah. Um, it's like and it's definitely got that. Before, yeah. like, priming sugars? Like, they add sugar in? Into yeah, into the, the, into the mash, into, like, oh. into the malt bill. Um, it's called candy, C-A-N-D-I, you know. Oh, like like a nineteen eighties cheerleader, yeah. I was can, say like candy a, sugar, like a Hooters waitress, yes. right? Yeah, candy sugar. Um, it's often uh, beet sugar or other things, but yeah, it's good. It's good. It's smooth. This would I be like great it. with. I mean, and the thing about this style too that I think is so wonderful is that it's very versatile to pair with food. Like you could have this with a slice mm-hmm. of pumpkin pie. You or could breakfast. have this with a with breakfast. You could have this with with eggs. like I kinda pancakes want eggs and, and maple syrup. Right now. Yeah. Yeah, you could have this with a like bacon a bowl of like butternut squash bisque. I mean, yeah, bacon. Well, I think bacon and Is, beer. Would it be weird to have it with pumpkin mm. pie? No, I don't think so at all. I think it would. It's it's got enough maltiness that it would hold up to a sweet dessert. Okay, I feel like I mean, I'm just curious because you know I don't know about you, but I feel like 
when I'm having a burger, my ketchup can't touch the tomato. Because that's just weird. Because it's just too much tomato? Yeah. Like, you got to have lettuce in between or okay. something. I can see that. It's weird, right? Because like, it, it's just, just like, it's ah! two forms of the same thing. It's like drinking ice water. <laughs> I, I, I see what you mean by that, because, like, they're so close in taste. I think uh, yeah, it's like it's, wearing red and pink together. Well, it? it's they're yeah. so close in taste that you really can't distinct them, and they don't get their own flavor if you just kind of mash it all up. I get that with tomato and, and ketchup a little. And ketchup's like so I, I think used that to be like question. you. And you used to be yeah. like you. And you bite it. Yeah. I I don't know. I think again the pumpkin flavor is at the very beginning, but once you get used to it, I think it's yeah. so distinct that you mm-hmm. probably could have. And I think it would actually complement it a little bit. I, I think might it would pull it out. A and there bit. are two. There are two philosophies of pairing. You know, the wine philosophy often is you want a contrast. Mm-hmm. You want a contrast between what the wine tastes like and what your steak or whatever tastes like. Yeah. The other philosophy is to harmonize together complementary yeah. flavors and where Indeed. this would come in to have this with pumpkin this would also be mm-hmm. really good with like semi-sweet dark chocolate I think that would give yeah, me that yeah. contrast I did a beer and donuts pairing this summer it was amazing that sounds amazing that does sound amazing uh, I think like maybe, two of my favorite things yeah um all North Carolina beers nice Krispy Kreme um but no, it was not. A, no was, North Carolina it, it donuts. North Carolina. Well, it wasn't. I mean, yeah, it was. It was a North Carolina bakery. It was in um, Asheville, and um, we need to go there yes. and do a podcast wherever yes. that is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Was this like a one-off thing, or do they have these donuts all the time? Or uh, no, uh, it was at Canuga, um, so it was during like it was like guest services stuff or whatever. But. Um, it could be recreated. It, it, yeah, sure. it sounds like because in, in Episcopal camps so we actually do beer tasting. Yes, <laughs> that's right. That's awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, okay, so let's. You, you guys want to move on a little bit? People are probably like listening, going, "I love okay. this." Or people are going, "All right, I know okay. everything I need to know about pumpkin beer." Pumpkin 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 beer. beer. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that's that's interesting. I, I think you know, um, you know, Mark and I talked about the very first one about how I think it's very sacramental and that. Mm-hmm. The more you learn about these things, you participate in the life of the people right. who make this. Right, you, it's a connection. There yeah. is a connection with it, um, you know. So, but we don't need to bring it up constantly. But the beer starting to hit me. So I just remember one—the other thing from last week that I really liked so much was. Please indulge me. It was this comment you made when you were talking about maybe this is the segue. You were talking about you know the, the trials and tribulations of, of youth, how hard youth ministry is, and how. Um, you know, there, you, you'll have very long dry spells where you feel like you don't know if anything you're doing is is, is being heard. You don't feel like anything you're doing is, is quote-unquote successful, but you just have to tap into this deeper place of knowing that what you're doing has value to it yeah. and is the right thing to do, yeah. even when you cannot see results. That really was a powerful statement that mm. I really resounded. Yeah, and, and of course, it's not just youth ministry. It's just no. about yeah, no, it's absolutely not youth ministers. Yeah. But yeah, I can I mean, relate to church. It. You can relate to it. Yeah. You know, I can it, relate to it as a church musician. It, at the know? end of the day, I have to remind myself that what mm-hmm. I do matters. Exactly. And I yeah. might not get results now. I might not ever. Mm-hmm. You know, but you can um, never tell where those seeds get planted. You never know. Uh, and yeah. one of my favorite things that that is a like a, a positive result of ministry is, especially youth ministry is that when you get invited to weddings or mm-hmm. children's baptisms because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I actually connected, I actually resonated mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's reassuring uh, a little bit. And, and I think that 
the Holy Spirit does that for reasons. I think mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit drops mm-hmm. those things and saying, yeah. keep going, keep yeah. going, you know, mm-hmm. and it's very subtle. And I remember Douglas Campbell would say that God works the most powerful ways in the subtlety. And, it's and, like Oktoberfest beer. It's subtle. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And uh, the Holy Spirit's like Oktoberfest beer. Yeah. But um, but we have yeah. to remind ourselves of that constantly. It's not a delusion. It's just that we got to keep the course because I will tell you, it's so easy to develop a kind of ministry in which you can get results that make you satisfied very quickly. Well, it's like a corporate model. There you yeah. go. Versus mm-hmm. like a organic. Sure. Success and, and, and the is difficult thing by, is, yeah, visible. Yeah. The difficult thing is that our parishioners, whether it's campus ministry or, or, or youth ministry or even the parish itself, that's the mentality they have too. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's yeah. and, and I and not only is it it's difficult, but what I think that the watershed moment for me as a minister was is I need to teach these people that that's not how the church works. Mm-hmm. And I think they're I think subconsciously they're starving for that. A little bit. I don't think people are satisfied with the way the world is, even though that's the rhetoric and the mentality they live. And I think that God has called us to kind of put a mirror towards that and be prophetic in a way of saying, this is the way it should be. And to give people a vocabulary so that they can even know how to express that desire that's there, that we don't always have the words to put to that desire. It's kind of like, and I don't want to get super nerdy, but I remember when they announced they were doing new Star Wars. And it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, they're giving us things we didn't even know we wanted yeah and that's the church is giving them people people things that they didn't even know they wanted because the world doesn't show them that that's what they need um so i mean we have to continuously keep that course with that Mm -hmm. you know of course you know youth ministry is not the martyr of ministry all ministry all ministers deal with that but we were just kind of speaking through that through that lens you know, I mean, you're very much kind of in youth ministry a little bit. It's like glorified um, youth ministry. Just for, it's, it's, just it's, for ministry. Actually, yeah. It's, it's yeah. actually perfect youth ministry mm-hmm. because it's youth that have to be accountable for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, fa- it it's, it's not a family ministry, mm-hmm. which, right. which again, is a, it's a great thing to do, which youth ministry is more of a family-based thing. Um, because you're really, at, at my age that I'm working with, is you're really educating the parents yeah. mm-hmm. to yeah. lead mm-hmm. them into that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. by the time you get to the college, you know, at, at the university yeah. level, is you mm-hmm. hope that that's been instilled and you continue it. But if not, you teach them how to be an adult in that. Mm-hmm. And they're making bad choices, oh, yeah. you know, or making sure. choices and learning from the consequences of that. Sure. And walking through it, yeah. And, and it's kind I mean, of a, uh, I mean, I don't mean to sound like uppity or whatever, but like, Kind of like a pure form of like youth ministry, essentially. I mean, because mm. it's like, um, you know, you get to, um, yeah, like you said, like just kind of offer it up. You know, you get to kind of put it out there. Um, and they're, in my experience, they're definitely um, people that are really interested in the things that you have to say. And they're, they latch on to like a theological concept, you know, that I just, like the other day I mentioned something, um, uh, I just like was joking around about like tulip, you know, or like, you know, double predestination or something. And someone was like, Oh, what's that? And it was like, Oh, part of you is like, you don't need to know. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> These aren't the theologies you're like, looking for. I love the tulip. Yeah. But no, um, yeah. Uh, Right. Most but, people no, live like, with the tulip and they don't even realize, and they don't even realize they're yeah, living with it. Right, yeah. but like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're actually interested in that stuff, you know? And it's like this, like, like inside, I was yeah. know, jumping up and down. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is great. 
Well, and I would say from a psychological level, it is a form, and what you said, a, a pure form of youth ministry is that that is youth ministry in a sense that adolescence is being pushed further along anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, oh, yeah. so, so, so yeah. I would say that it's almost as if you're dealing with youth ministry in a way they dealt with it 20 years ago, yeah. and what my youth ministry is right. is almost an in between. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And because, and my kids. As smart and brilliant as they are, it's almost like they're too inundated with the world. I mean, because senior, I would say senior hires are probably the busiest demographic. Oh yeah, right in, in, in any sure. age right now. Yeah, and so it's almost like they have to figure out how to fit the spirituality in it mm-hmm. um, in their lives. Whether and sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And then by the time they get to college, and they do have more time because I've talked to them, and they say, you know, I, I, I have to fill my time because they don't yeah. have to do as much. Yeah. I think that I think that uh, you know, Brother Lawrence, practice the presence of God should be required reading for all like tenth grade yeah Christians, you know, people who go to church. Like starting like tenth grade, read this book because that's all he talks about is Mm -hmm. how to encounter God in the everyday. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to budget Mm -hmm. an hour or two hours or half an hour on Sunday for your God time. You know, God, you can experience. Well, that budgeting is not working. Anymore. It's not working anyway. People so why can't not, budget yeah, that? No, they like can't. That. So why not embrace the fact that God can be found while you're sitting in class taking an algebra test? God can be found when you're, you know, whatever, you know, at baseball practice or in band or riding, you know, to school or mm-hmm. going to your job after school or you know whatever it is that you know is eating away at all all your time. Yeah. You know, look for the ways where God is present with you right there. Yeah. And that, because, yeah, you budgeting, that budgeting model doesn't work. And that, you know, you've talked at length about. Well, about when we talk that. about how yeah. the numbers on Sunday mornings are, you know, I mean, in the last four to five years, the the regular participation model has moved from four to two mm-hmm. a month. Yeah. Now, it's yeah. not that people are still aren't dedicated, and yeah. giving is still just fine in, in a lot of, uh, you know, parts of, of, mm-hmm. of America. Mm-hmm. It's just that that's the expectation. So yeah. how do we meet them in, in a way that they can continue that? And I think part of it is that whether it's children's youth or even young adult ministry in the last 20 years, we've become our own worst enemy in the sense that we've lived into that of oh, Sunday's the day that you do everything. Yeah. So we've, we've yeah. you know, we, we've kind of categorized um, their identity as followers of, of Christ and in, in, in pigeonholed it in that one mm-hmm. time. And college is a really good uh, uh, way to, to break from that because yeah. they're living yeah, yeah. Right. in that. You have like a monastic community. Essentially. Exactly right. right. Exactly. I, I preached yeah. on that recently. I said, you're basically living a monastic life. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's go through the liturgy of your day. Yeah. You wake up in community. Mm-hmm. You have roommates. Mm-hmm. Um, you um, you go eat meals together in at community. the pit in right. community. Yeah. Um, uh, you have rituals. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in the Greek life, then you definitely have rituals. Mm-hmm. Um, some good, not so good. Um, you know, and you 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 have this life together. You know? mm-hmm. And so I went through like, really like you're basically monasticism. Um, but yeah, I started reading Growing Souls, um, Mark Iaconelli, mm-hmm. um, and um, my wife had the book um, from when we did youth ministry um, back with uh, Young Life. 
our favorite. We'll have an episode about yeah, that. Later. We should probably. We need a sound <laughs> effect right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, hold on, I've got it. I've, yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I've got to pull we'll it. We'll try it. Yeah, you okay. pull it. Let us know, yeah. and then he'll say it and again. Then, and say it again. Um, uh, yeah. But because I think from what you're saying, like maybe, and I, and you gave me words to it, um, maybe what I was thinking, but like that the fact that college kids right now are like you know 20 years ago what developmentally yes because they kind of pushed it off um you know it's it's not only a psychological thing it's an economical thing so it's a lot of things with that so adulthood has been pushed back culturally exactly but what i will say is that you could take advantage as in a college age because what has happened is because they're so flipping busy in high school Mm -hmm. they get a taste of what it's going to be like on the other side of college. So right. they can look, um, I'm going to get really nerdy and get all Latin, is they can look at at, uh, at a posteriori mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and say, I'm with you. Yeah, 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 I'm with you. Um, is, is they can say, this is how mm-hmm. busy I was. Yeah. Now I'm leading this monastic life. Mm-hmm. I can combine those two and reprioritize before I get poured into the real world. Mm-hmm. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. So so yeah. I, I, would, I would suggest that using that rhetoric of, you know how flipping busy you were in senior high, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you know how hard it was to to have that spiritual life, and now you have that. So what is it going to look like? And you know how important on the other side. How yeah. what is it going to look like that you're going to go back into that? You just invited yourself to come preach. Um, I did didn't to some freshmen, <laughs> yeah. and you could talk about what's that organization you were formerly working with? Oh, um, Young Life. Young Life. <laughs> That was good. That was good. I liked it. That was good. You should just oh, play the, the, the Darth Vader march. But yeah. <laughs> Sad trauma. We'll, we'll have an episode about yeah. that. And, and when we yeah. do, I want to have an like not just a nagging episode, but an actual. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah add yeah, some yeah, depth yeah. to it. Yeah. And Approach it with some. Yeah. 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 Uh, it, 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 especially. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have to. Um, when they go low, we go high. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Michelle. Yeah. Yeah. Th- thanks. That's right. Um, but, um, and, we, and we can talk about that. Um, yeah, yeah. Don't get me started on that now. But um, she's too good to be president. She is she's way too good, too good to she's be president. Good. Oh yeah. my god, I would vote for that woman in a heartbeat, right? Yeah. But you know, I remember when I was in she's government in high off. school. Yeah. That my my teacher in high school was like, people that are smart enough to be president are smart enough not, not to, to be. be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's yeah, like I that did. too. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So we don't want to get too political, especially in this atmosphere. Yeah. And get all that. We're Episcopalian, so you probably know we're most of us. Oh, all we already have is I'm getting really nostalgic. I'm getting nostalgic for the last eight years. Yeah. Yeah, you're not alone. Yeah, and and again, I don't want to get whether you agree with President Obama or not. I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to over glorify him. But I think the hard thing for. For Hillary Clinton is she's not running so much against Donald Trump as she's running against him, uh, Barack Obama, mm-hmm. because again whether you agree with his politics or not, there's there hasn't been somebody that that has such a balance of of intelligence and charisma at the same time. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. either they have the charisma or they're just super smart. And, and, well, and I think the younger generations in the last eight years is we forget the politics is boring. Yeah, and and you want boring people doing it that are actually smarter than so you doing it. So why is House of Cards so popular? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, because I think that lives in the narcissism. That that's right. Get, yeah, and, yeah. that surrounds politics. Yes, it's the yeah. negative. The worst episodes it's, are the ones where they're just sitting around talking about policy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I yeah. mean, I mean, House of Cards is almost like a, a hyperbole of what we assume the government is like now. 
Right. Because we're so negative towards it. Yeah, very yeah. different from the West Wing. I- exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it's funny because Kevin Spacey will say, he goes, none of these people are smart enough yeah. to, you know, to be Frank Underwood. Right. He goes, it's actually closer to Veep. Yeah. I mean, he said that. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and, you know, but, yeah. but we almost, I think there's part of us that wants people, even though as narcissistic as his character is, we want people that intelligent mm-hmm. to be a part of, the, to run that. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, we don't want the the Veep, oh, they just happen to be lucky and they're kind of, you know, don't know what they're doing mm-hmm. type mentality. Mm-hmm. It's, politicians are a lot like being a priest or a pastor. Is you don't want to show them that you have doubts and that you don't know everything as well. But we've created this thing where we, we almost want them to, if yeah. they're, if they're yeah. good or bad. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. We want a Frank Underhill. You know, mm-hmm. we do. I mean, because really, Frank Underhill gets some good stuff done. He just happens to be an evil man behind closed doors. So, which unfortunately is what I think a lot of people think of, of the Democratic nominee. Mm-hmm. I think that they kind of demonize that a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I don't want to get too yeah. political. But I Sorry. will say, no, no, no. I, I think that, yeah. you know, uh, Barack Obama is a very unique candidate, person in, that was a president not because he was the first African American, but just because of who he was. Mm-hmm. I had a youth over earlier today, and the last like 20, 30 minutes we were watching Between Two Ferns. <laughs> and I, I know, I know. But we watched, they had, of course, they had the Hillary Clinton one because yeah. she was on it, but then we watched the Obama one, and there's just a level mm-hmm. of connectiveness that he has that a lot of presidents don't have. Yeah. I think part of it is because of his generation, he is a little younger too. But there is that connectedness that, that even the kids are like, I get that. I get mm-hmm. his humor. Mm-hmm. And Hillary was she was still very political politician yeah. in that mode. Sure. She couldn't step out so, of yeah, that. And yeah. he can't. The one I think of is the, the Jerry Seinfeld riding in cars with famous people. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's one where he does it with President Obama. And they're just riding around. They the, the, the Secret Service won't let him leave. Yeah. So they're in just a private car. They just drive around in circles yeah. around the White House. Oh, that, yeah. But, <coughs> it's just the, the level of <coughs> that humor sure. that rapport. Can enter into it. Yeah. yeah. And he can. I, I mean there isn't there isn't this filter or the, this film, if you will, political film over Obama when he's in those situations. Right. Like he's still very presidential because I think it's genuinely part of who he is. Slow talk in the news. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. but um but he can still Slow kind of be yeah. himself a yeah. little bit. But every other president and again I'm not glorifying Obama for those people who don't like him, but I'm just saying is most presidents there's this facade that you have to put in front of you and i think it's yeah. a very pastoral issue that we have too is that yeah. we have that we feel that we have to have that right and we can't be have to maintain exactly and i think yeah. that that sometimes we lose that genuineness mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i mean I, I genuinely believe that hillary clinton cares but the re- that like the style and tone she uses because she's part of that old school mm-hmm. it's hard to hear that yeah does that make sense that yeah. and, and president obama's part i mean of course, he's like twenty years younger than her. Mm-hmm. Is uh, he kind of gets that? So I'm very curious on um, politics aside, both sides is in the next twenty years how that rhetoric or, or the presentation of the yeah. younger generations coming up, how they're going right. to if they're going to be more like that, mm-hmm. which yeah. I think we need. Yeah, is that yeah. if that makes any sense? Yeah, I mean, like you know, from a pastoral standpoint, like you know, saying like I don't know, you know, sure, yeah, is can be really. Yeah. I don't have the answer to that right. question. Uh, yeah, but let's find it together. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing, I you know I I don't know if I want to hear a politician say that. Yeah, no, honest. but I would love to hear a politician but say I was I would, wrong. Yeah, that's but, true. But I would love to if, if someone if, if a guilt if if a leader and and I'm totally stealing this from Frederick, I made a bad decision. Frederick Buechner wrote this somewhere mm-hmm. in one of his books. He said, 
you know, if, 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 a, if a political leader were to stand up and say, hey, I was wrong about this. I made a mistake. I'm coming. I need to apologize to you. I betrayed your trust. I was wrong. Beekner said, I would follow that leader to the edge of the world sure. for, for being so honest and forthright as a person in leadership. It's a very, sure. and I think it'd be overdone, but there's a very powerful thing for a person in a position of public trust to admit a mistake. Yeah. And I think with with the candidates today, for, for sure. yeah. Yeah. people want that. It's just right. to say, I screwed up. I, yeah. I, I, I yeah. will say, you know, the last debate, Hillary did say, you know, especially about the email. She's like, you I know didn't what? Watch it. Yeah, I mean, she was. Just, yeah, 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 actually, the one last night it was probably the most tame. It was the most normal, to be honest. But I mean, <laughs> where's the where's the yeah, I, I post? I, I know, yeah. I, I, I know, right? All right. Um, she, even, you know, when they got to the email part again, because that's everything they have, you know. Yeah. Is she's just like, I shouldn't have done it. And I'm like, thank you. That's all I wanted to hear. Yeah. Should have said that a year ago. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. problem. Is she mm-hmm. should have said it a year ago instead yeah. of waiting for a year. Just you know, that's all I would have said. Mm-hmm. It was it was an honest mistake. And then they found out that there are like a dozen politicians that have done the same exact thing that are still in office. Right. And now they're not. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, just you know, I get what happened. It's just like yeah, it was it was stupid. Mm-hmm. It was stupid. I didn't want to carry two phones. I was thinking practical for myself, mm-hmm. and it was stupid. Okay. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. But there was this whole denial thing of, of trying to move around it in a little bit. So I think – and you're right. I, I mean you fully can't compare being a pastor to, to a clergy person because you, you're right. It would be a little worrisome if you heard a, 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 a pastor to a politician. Mm-hmm. A politician saying, I was wrong. I screwed up. I mean that's kind of yeah. scary a little bit. But in a pastoral no, no, position, no. you'd be like, oh, they're human. Yeah. You know, they're not God. I think no. I was I was thinking more like just like the not knowing. You yeah, know? No, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, what, what about this? Well, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm like actually, you're the president. You know, like you should or or whoever. You're like you know, you well, should. Well, I, I would have say an answer. They, pro- they there's probably different rhetoric they can use. Sure. Like yeah. this is the perspective I was coming from based yeah. on, and 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 it didn't work. Yeah. We could do something else. Well, you, you know, know who did? I'm that. with you though. From you know who did that? Jed Bartlett, greatest president we've ever had. He is Jed Bartlett. Jed Bartlett. Um, but, but, but also we got to understand that a president is accountable for just the presidency and a pastor is accountable for something greater. That's right? true. The so, church is, so, yeah. So the yeah. pastor is a conduit. He's not representing his whole self. So right. he's still struggling with how is God working in that too, you yeah. know? So yeah. there, there is, there is a slight difference, but you're right. I mean, when I was a chaplain, the best thing I could ever tell anybody in, in real shitty situations was, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that was the best answer they could. And that have. could be a very pastoral answer. It yeah. absolutely can yeah. be because if you try to rationalize that theodicy, yeah. that that can either go completely wrong, yeah. um, or it leads to other questions about that too. And I always tell people all the time: is the more black and white your theology is, the more opportunity for um, hypocrisy can happen in that theology. Mm-hmm. You know. Which is true, and because you always have to have exceptions because the world is gray. Mm-hmm. So when you say, oh, this is the way it is, but then when crap really happens, how does that what foundation? Fit in? Yeah. How, what, you know? Yeah. So you either ignore it, which I've mm-hmm. seen blatantly from people. I have family members that are more evangelical that they have very this way and this way because it helps me sleep at night. But when something really happens, oh, there's an exception. Oh, but I knew that person, and this is very, very different. You know, well, you're creating a gray, but it's subversive. It's not, you know, they're not accepting that. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
I think you're right in that sense that there, we need to do we need to have more of a great theology, a great theology, but the pastoral of, of being more human too. And I think that our generation is is, is having that more. So you're saying we should I have think, theological shades of gray. How many? How many? Fifty Shades of Theology. Fifty Shades. Oh my God, that's horrible. (laughs) Song of Solomon. But I will tell you, if you talk to most clergy people, fifty and older, they were trained. Saucy stuff. Yeah. They were. They were trained to not show that humility. I mean, they were. They had to have an answer for stuff. You know, and and I know plenty of people even our age that are like, I, I feel like I have to give them an answer, and that's our human condition. I mean, I've been in positions where like, say something smart, say something good, and it's like, I have nothing. Yeah. And, and that is the best it's, thing they can hear. Yeah, and, and like that whole 50, I mean, the church has come out of that like 50s, like professional ministry kind yeah. of mentality of, you know, um, just like, like professionalism of, of, of ministry, you know, being busy and all that stuff. Um, no, I, I But like, I, yeah, but like being more contemplative, you know, the contemplative answer would be, you know, well, and, and here's what what helps me out in that situation, especially when I'm with teenagers, and I'm like, you know what, I don't know, is that I, my presence is a witness for that theology in the sense that I don't know how God's working in that, it, you know, that, that crappy thing that's going on in your life, but I'm still here, and I, mm-hmm. you know, and I've gone through stuff like that, and I still believe in it, you know, I don't know how it's working, but I'm still there. Yeah. So the fact that. As, as a priest or as a pastor that you can say that I don't know and yet I'm still a part of that narrative says a lot. You can you also know? give the professorial answer to that question. It's a very interesting question. Deserves further thought. Let mm-hmm. me get back to you on sure. it. Sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure. Right. Because we have mm-hmm. been in every situation. Yeah. And, and yeah. sometimes we do need to sit and discern on how is God a part of that. Right. No, I absolutely agree. Right. Absolutely agree. Let's have coffee next week. Let's have, that's right. Exactly. Let's, yeah, right. Yeah. Let me get back to you on that when we have more time to talk about it. But that. when you have people that live in what I call bumper sticker theology, which is theology yeah. that's so short and to the point that you can fit on a bumper sticker, which right. a lot of people have. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. easy and simple because then you're like, oh, it's this, and then I can move on. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we look at theology like we do politics. We oversimplify, it, right? Yeah. I'm sorry. It's, it's the curse of the ad on YouTube. But when yeah. you know tough stuff really happens, yeah, yeah, how does that fit in there? You know, so, right? So right. Has to be how do you? Story. How do you? Well, and, and so a friend of mine, a friend of mine, summed it up really well um, when they talked about how mat- spiritual maturity. You know, we have many, 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 many adult Christians walking around with a fourth grade theological understanding of the world. Sure. Because that's what they got. That's how far they went in Sunday school or whatever. And so... Moralistic therapeutic deism. Yeah, yeah. moralistic therapeutic deism. Exactly. A but very it's simplistic because it's simple. I can sticker. grab it yeah. and move yeah. on with and my so life. And so got my theology. Their life has... Their, their yeah. Christian life has not right. matured along with their physical life. God to wants me to be good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the good, the the, the do gooderism. You know, when yeah. bad things happen. Yeah, when yeah, yeah, when somebody dies or I get married, Jesus is waiting for me. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I, you know, you're right. You're right. And 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 what does it take to to encourage people? Because it's hard work. You know, adolescence is hard. So why would someone in their 30s or 40s or 50s want to go through spiritual adolescence again, since they've already survived physical adolescence? I would, you know. Well, because. 
I've been comfortable for 30 years. Why right. should I change why that? Why should I change that? You know, I'm happy with my fourth grade Sunday school theology. Yeah. Um, Calling me at 9.50. Polster. Yeah. It probably is. Or it's a fake IRS person. I get that all the time. Ooh. All Fishing. the time. All the time. People with, yeah. It's, it's unreal. So. Yeah. Anyway, you guys got anything else? We're at the 120 mark. Man. We are at the 120 mark. We should play wow. our, our playoffs. I know, song. right? I've got our playoffs play play for us. All right. Well, again, if you were here to endure us talking about nerdism and and pumpkin pumpkin beer, so <laughs> beer and um, what else did we talk about? And theology. Yeah. You know, we appreciate it. We thank you for being here. Tune in to us maybe next week or the week after, and we'll get some into some other stuff and, right. and bring good. another beer. And yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of pop culture and there's. A lifetime of theology. So, cheers. Cheers. This podcast is so just for us. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of nostalgia, right? Oh, I forgot it's not the full, it's a full song. Yeah. It's, it's like the pilot episode song. <laughs> exactly. It's like Fresh Prince, I always forget that there's that extra verse in there. There is the extra verse, uh, and I don't know it still. He, he didn't, dry, he didn't take a taxi to LA. No, he didn't. He was on a plane. Sometimes you want to go. This is a great theme song for church, by the way. This is a great theme song for church. As a matter of fact, I, I, John Shields is one of our, our priests. Talked yeah. about this song, and that's what got me to start watching the show again. Beautiful. Bartenders, the 20th century priest. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>